wife to complete their son's good deed. The shed had peeling double doors that opened easily. The hinges looked recently oiled. Inside, he found a stepladder with a broken rung. The place reeked of animal. Not dog or cat, something grainier. Mice, maybe. Or skinny, balding, fanged rats. Garden implements, seized with rust, hung in a diagonal line on the far wall points and prongs and blades facing out. He considered the ways the boy could have been hurt on this weekly mission of mercy, ambushed by falling timber, gnawed by vermin, Troop 23's version of bait-and-switch. But the boy had not been hurt. He had been, in his words, inspired. Quinn found the birdseed in a plastic bucket that he recognized. It had once held the five gallons of joint compound with which he'd repaired the walls of Bell's garage before their final parting, before she returned his rehearsal space to a repository for paint thinner and plant poisons and spare tires. Inside the bucket, Quinn found a king-sized scoop, shiny and cherry red, jolly as a prop in a Christmas play. On a nearby shelf, he spotted nine more scoops, identical. The boy was a hoarder. He kept things that could not be explained. On the day before the funeral, Bell had opened the door to the boy's room, instructing Quinn to look around if he wanted, but to remove nothing, touch nothing. So he counted. Bird nests, ten. Copies of Old Yeller, ten. Flashlights, ten. Piggy banks, ten. Boy Scout manuals, ten. He had popsicle sticks, acorns, miniature spools of the sort found in ladies' sewing kits, everything corralled into tidy ten-count groupings. One computer, ten mouse pads, one desk, ten pencil cases. Hoarding, Bell maintained, was a reasonable response to a father whose attentions dribbled like water from a broken spigot. Figure it out, she had once told him. Why would an eleven-year-old child insist on all this backup for the things he needs? Because there's something wrong with him, went Quinn's silent answer. But on that solemn day, they'd observed the room in silence. As Bell preceded Quinn out the door, Quinn palmed the boy's diary. A single notebook, spiral-bound, five by seven, basic black, and shoved it inside his jacket. Nine others remained still sealed in shrink wrap. As Quinn lugged the birdseed out to Miss Vickis's feeders, he pictured the rest of Troop 23 happily do-gooding for more appealing charity cases, the type who knitted pink afghans, the scoutmaster, Ted Ledbetter, a middle school teacher and single father who claimed to love woodland hikes, had likely foisted Miss Vickis on the one kid least likely to complain. Now she was tapping on the window motioning for Quinn to get cracking. Between the house and a massive birch, Miss Vickis had strung a thirty-foot clothesline festooned with bird feeders. At six-two, he didn't require the latter, though the boy would have, small as he was, elfin and fine-boned. Quinn had also been small at eleven, shooting up the following summer in a growth spurt that left him literally aching and out of clothes. Perhaps the boy would have been tall. A tall hoarder, a tall counter of mysterious things. Quinn began at the tree end, and as he uncapped the first feeder, birds began to light, foliating the shivering branches. Chickadees, he guessed. 
Everything new he'd learned in the last two weeks had come from the cautious, well-formed, old mannish handwriting of his son. A future Eagle Scout, the mysterious fruit of Quinn's feckless loins, the boy had, according to the diary, set his sights on a merit badge and bird identification. Miss Vickis lifted her window. They think you're the boy, she called to him as the birds flittered down. Same jacket. Fresh air tunneled into his lungs, blunt and merciless. Miss Vickis watched him, her sweater bunched across her deflated chest. When he didn't respond, she snapped the window down. After dispatching the feeders and running a push mower over her lawn, Quinn returned to the house, where Miss Vickis stood at the door, waiting for him. No hair to speak of, just a few whitish hanks that put him in mind of dandelions. She said, I give him cookies after. No thanks. It's part.